I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 857. You know, parents are so blessed by God, especially parents of newborn children. So much joy, so much expectation, so much anticipation. I guess grandparents too, am I right, Darren and Kim? You know that expectation that I'm talking about. And then that bundle of blessing comes. For, for months they've been looking forward to the day. The nursery's finished and ready. Or at least, guys, hopefully we've started it. Maybe the theme for the nursery at least has been picked. Maybe like us, that theme is Noah's Ark. Regardless, you've, you've been preparing for months. The, the baby showers where there's an overload of cuteness on display. The gifts, the toys, the cute little baby outfits. The, the diapers, the wet wipes. We need those too. And that... That nose sucker slobber thingy dingy thing that every nursery needs to have, that too is there. Everything that a baby might need. So much excitement, so much anticipation, so much planning. The bag for the hospital has been packed maybe for weeks. Maybe even the outfit that the baby will wear home from the hospital is packed in that bag as well. The parents have been praying to God for the baby for months. You've been talking to the baby in the mother's belly, laying hands upon that child, stroking her, cooing to him, singing to her, reading scripture to him, telling him and her about how excited you are to be able to one day see them. And to hold them in your arms. Mary and Joseph would have been doing these things as well for their little baby as Mary was carrying the Christ child. Our scripture passage today is Luke verses 22 through 40. The baby has come and now this passage speaks of what happens soon after that. The, the angels and the shepherds are gone. Those, the events that we'll read about today occur some 40 days later. And they're in Jerusalem and no longer in Bethlehem. Let's read about this now. Um, again, our passage will be Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Let's turn our attention again to the reading of God's holy living an inerrant word. Luke writes and says, And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male child who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves, or two young, young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. 
And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now you, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to who all were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Pray with me again. Lord God, we thank you for that enduring word. We thank you for your enduring promises. We thank you for your enduring faithfulness. And now, Lord, by your word and by your spirit, direct us so that we might rightly understand what seems like a fairly obvious passage of Scripture. Help us to rightly understand these events. And then also, Lord, to apply those things that you desire for us to learn from this portion of your word. We pray that you'd be pleased to accomplish that, Lord. Amen. Well, Mary and Joseph, like most parents, wanted to do what was right for their child. But note where they placed their efforts in this passage. Look at verse 22 and read that. And verse 23. And 24. And read verse 27. And now read verse 39. Do you see what they've been doing? 
Do you see where they place their emphasis? What's their emphasis been? It's been on doing everything that the Word of God has directed new parents to do. Their their focus has been on fulfilling their covenantal responsibilities for them and for their newborn child. And in that, we see the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph on display. And that had even started before the events of this day. Look at verse 21. There Luke tells us that at the end of eight days, meaning eight days after Jesus was born, he was circumcised and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in Mary's womb. We remember that the angel Gabriel had visited Mary and an an angel had visited Joseph as well. And the angel that visited them told them both that they were to name their son Jesus, which in Hebrew means the Lord saves. And they did that. And in submission to God's word, they also had their son circumcised on the eighth day. And in them doing that, their son received the sign of the covenant. The right of circumcision was given to Abraham, that that great father of the people of Israel back in Genesis 17. Circumcision was a sign in which God pledged to establish an everlasting covenant with Abraham and his descendants after him. It was a sign of God's faithfulness to his people and a sign of God's commitment to his promises. And in applying the sign of the covenant upon their son, Mary and Joseph were fulfilling their covenantal responsibilities and and Jesus was being shown to be a true son of Abraham, a child of the promise. And now in our passage for today, it's just over a month later after that circumcision And the naming of Jesus. Verses 22 through 24. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves are two young pigeons. You see, there there are actually two reasons that Mary and Joseph had gone to the temple that day. And in doing these things, they were demonstrating their faithfulness to fulfill all that was required of them in God's law. One of those things that they were required to do was for Mary. And the other thing pertained to Jesus. The first was for Mary to make an offering for her purification. According to Leviticus 12, a woman was to go through a time of ceremonial purification that would last 40 days following the birth of a male child. And at the end of that 40-day period, she was to bring either a lamb or a pigeon or a turtle dove as an offering. It seems that evidently Joseph and Mary couldn't afford to bring the more expensive offering of a lamb 
And so they brought the less expensive offering of two pigeons or doves. So Joseph and Mary came that day in in faithful submission to the ordinances of God regarding regarding the purification rite of a woman following childbirth. They also came in keeping with the word of the Lord to present their firstborn male child to the Lord. Luke says as much in verses 22 and 23. And in keeping with this in, in keeping with God's commandment, this was given in Exodus 13, 13, 2, where the Lord says, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. And in that, God laid a special claim upon every firstborn child of the people of Israel. They were his in a special way. And they were to be set apart in a unique way for his service. And that's what Joseph and Mary were doing that day. In accordance to God's law, they offered up their son, their firstborn son for service to the Lord. With that, we remember that we too have been set apart And set in service unto the Lord. We've been sanctified. We've been made to be holy by him and for him. And we do that also for our children as well. When the sign of the new covenant baptism is applied to them. We're to live for the glory of the Lord. Gladly and faithfully serving the one who has first served us. Giving his life as a ransom to redeem us. So we've seen the faithfulness of Joseph and Mary on display. Now let's look at the faithfulness of this man, Simeon. We meet Simeon in verse 25. Luke says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Luke tells us of Simeon's faithfulness to God. He says that he was righteous and devout. He was a godly man who ever since the Spirit revealed to him that he'd see the Lord's Christ before he would die, he's been anxiously awaiting that, looking for that, confidently trusting the Lord that he would grant him that remarkable privilege of laying eyes upon the Lord's anointed Messiah. Eagerly expecting what's called here the consolation of Israel knowing that only the long-promised Redeemer of Israel could provide that peace and comfort that the people's hearts were longing for, knowing that only the Lord's anointed would give the peace and comfort that he himself was so eagerly looking for. And it's in this eager expectation that Simeon faithfully waits for the Lord to fulfill his promise to him and to all the people. And where is it that Simeon's waiting to see the Lord's anointed come? He's at the temple. And I love this. 
Per, perhaps what's going on is that, that Simeon isn't willing to wait to see the Lord's anointed come as an adult. And, and he's, he's not waiting to, to wait 13 plus years after a child might be born to, to see the Lord's anointed as a teenager. But where is Simeon hanging out? He's hanging out, if you will, at the newborn nursery. He wants to be in the place where he can, at the very earliest possible time, he can see the Lord's anointed come. He's hanging out in that area of the temple where parents bring their newborn children for this ceremony. He he wants to be able to lay eyes on the Lord's Christ at the very earliest opportunity that he can. And so he hangs out in this area of the temple where parents bring their newborn children. Eagerly, expectantly, Simeon looks into the face of each of the child, each of the children who are brought to the priest, wondering as they do, is it this one? Is it this one? No, must not have been any of these today. I'll be back tomorrow. Is it this one? Is it this one? No, none of these either. But then one day, one day, this day, he sees him. Led by the Spirit to be in this very place on this very day to see this very child, he sees him. He lays eyes on him. It's him. It's him. He's here. He's finally come. Simeon's overwhelmed with joy. He's overwhelmed with thanksgiving to God. And he scoops this baby boy up in his hands. Josh and Esther, get used to this. People who you don't know are going to be grabbing your kid from your hands. Simeon grabs this child in his hands and he sings praises to the Lord, saying, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory to your people Israel. And catch this. Note Joseph and Mary's response to all of this. Look at verse 33. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And I just want to encourage you, just put a little place mark in your mind at those words of Luke about Mary and Joseph marveling at this thing that they're experiencing this day. We're going to see that same pattern repeated consistently throughout Luke. Luke is sometimes referred to as the gospel of astonishment or the gospel of amazement. Luke uses these words that are translated as astonished or amazed or marvel more than 20 times in his gospel. So we've seen the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph. We've seen the faithfulness of Simeon. Now let's consider the faithfulness of Anna. We meet Anna in verse 36. We're told that she was a prophetess, and and it's rare that that's said about someone in the Bible. God's prophets tended to be men. But here, Anna's referred to as a prophetess. 
She was a spokesperson for God. And she, like Simeon, had been waiting to see the Lord fulfill his promise of salvation. And like Simeon, she too has been waiting to see that at the temple, where according to verse 37, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. What faithfulness. What a beautiful picture of faithfulness and trust and eager expectation of the Lord. And she's old. She's some 84 years old here. And she's not the first old person who Luke has introduced us to in these first two chapters of his gospel. Do you remember back in chapter 1, we met Zechariah and Elizabeth? the very old man and woman who would become the father of John the Baptist. They were old. And in addition to telling us that they were old, Luke also tells us about how they were godly, that they were a righteous man and a righteous woman. Anna, too, is old, at least 80, 84 And her faithfulness is commended to us. Luke talking about how she would worship at the temple and pray and fast without ceasing. And although we're not told this specifically about Simeon, I suspect that he was probably an old saint as well, waiting and hoping to see the Lord's Christ before he'd die. What's Luke doing here? Why these references to the faithfulness of these old saints. He's commending us to that same type of life. Luke is commending us to faithfulness, to lifelong trusting in the Lord. And that's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing to see the faithfulness of any person at any age. But it's a special blessing to see the faithfulness of someone in their 70s, their 80s, their 90s, or even older. And you know that should be the norm for us, but sadly it's not. Sadly, it's very rare to see someone with a joyful expectation with a joyfulness of life, a joyful faith in the Lord. Let's all seek by the enablement of the same Holy Spirit that directed these older saints, let's seek to live out those kind of lives of joyful faithfulness to the Lord. Old people, show us what that looks like. Show us what it looks like to faithfully walk with Jesus for a lifetime. And people in your 30s and 40s, show those in their 20s and in their teens what that looks like for you to commit your lives to the glory of the Lord as someone in middle age, someone in their 30s and 40s. People in your 20s, show that to one another. Show that to the teens. Show that to the children. All of you, all of us, let us and others see the joy of Simeon in your life of faith. 
reflect that expectant trusting, that expectant looking that Simeon displays. Let's all, by the power of the Holy Spirit, like Mary and Joseph, seek to do all that the Lord commands us to do in his word. Like Anna, may we all speak to others of Jesus. That's what we see Anna do after she sees Jesus that day. Look at verse 38. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. In Anna, we see a faithful demonstration of a life of worship and witness. This is our calling, too, to speak of this one who's the cause and the source of so much joy in our hearts. So we've seen the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph, and we've seen the faithfulness of Simeon and Anna. Let's not miss the faithfulness of God on display in this passage either, because that's surely on display every bit as much as the faithfulness of the others. The faithfulness of God. Look again at verses 29 through 32. When Simeon picks up Jesus in his hands and he praises God saying, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentile and for glory to your people Israel. See, first, God's faithfulness to Simeon. God had revealed to Simeon through the Holy Spirit that Simeon wouldn't die before he'd see the Lord's Christ. And on this day, that's what he did. According to God's word, it was said. And on this day, that word's been fulfilled. Verse 30 speaks of the salvation which God's promised that he'd achieve for his people for thousands of years. And now the one named Jesus, the one whose name means the Lord saves, has come. And he'll be a light of revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to God's people, Israel. He'll bring salvation to both Jew and Gentile, spreading the grace and the mercy and the knowledge of God the Father throughout all the earth. We also see the faithfulness of God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to his people. I don't know if you've noticed how active the Holy Spirit's been in these first two chapters of Luke. There are 10 references to the activity and ministry of the person of God the Holy Spirit in these first two chapters, including three times in our passage today. We also see the faithfulness of God and of Mary and even of Jesus referenced in verse 34 and 35. After Simeon had seen Jesus, he blessed God, Luke tells us in verse 28. And then in verse 34, Luke says that Simeon then blesses Mary and Joseph. And his blessing comes in the form of a prophecy. But this prophecy may feel like a curse more than a blessing. But even in that, it again reveals the faithfulness of God. Simeon says to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. 
Jesus is the Redeemer who brings peace and reconciliation with God through faith in Him. Those who recognize their need of the salvation is possible through Him and only through Him will be raised to newness of life and eternal life and be welcomed into the very presence of God in heaven. But those who reject Him will be brought low and be made to be nothing. Jesus will will be said to be a stumbling block and a rock of offense. That's what we're told in Romans 9.33 and 1 Peter 2.8. Simeon in verse 34 says that Jesus will be a sign that's opposed. Jesus reveals what's in a person's heart. And what does Jesus reveal about what's in your heart? Do you respond with joy at his revelation to you or do you stand opposed to him, refusing to acknowledge your need of him and rejecting his lordship over your life? And Jesus will most definitely be opposed and that opposition will culminate in his being hung on a cross. That's the faithfulness of Jesus that we see displayed in this meal that's been prepared for you today. God, through these words of Simeon, begins to prepare Mary for the weight that she'll have to carry as she sees her son being crucified on the cross. He prepares her for that when he tells her, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Mary will have to carry the weight of that. But Jesus will carry a far greater weight. And not just the weight of the cross that he'll be forced to carry, but he'll be forced to carry the weight of the sin of the whole world as he would hang on the cross, bearing the weight of your sin and mine, bearing the full brunt of the wrath of God poured out upon this one who would save his people through giving his life as an atoning sacrifice. And to watch that for Mary, that'll be like having a sword pierce her soul. But we remember also that on the cross, a sword would pierce the side of Jesus. And his hands and his feet would be pierced by nails. And his scalp would be pierced by a crown of thorns. And he did that for you. Such is the faithfulness of Jesus. Such is the faithfulness of God. Friends, like Simeon, embrace Jesus. Embrace this one whom the Father has revealed to us. Embrace him with joy and walk with him faithfully for a lifetime. Pray with me again. Lord God, I pray that you would enable us by that same power, that same Holy Spirit that led these saints, Anna and Simeon, to be looking expectantly for the coming of Jesus. Lord, may we too be expectantly looking for you to fulfill every one of your covenantal promises. Lord, we thank you for these demonstrations of faithfulness of Mary and Joseph and of Simeon and of Anna. But Lord, we especially thank you for your continued faithfulness, your covenantal faithfulness. And we see that displayed here in God the Father, 
in God the Son and in God the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for for your fulfillment of your covenantal promises in giving us Jesus, your firstborn Son, consecrated, set apart for holy service unto you, who gave his life as a propitiation for sin, as a ransom for sinners. Holy Spirit, thank you for shedding light upon Christ, on illuminating him, showing him to be altogether lovely to us. Holy Spirit, for showing us, revealing us our need for him. Lord, continue to show us our ongoing need of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, continue to show us our ongoing need of your ministry in our lives as well. Father, it's our desire to live lives of faithfulness like this. But Lord, to do that, we need your help. And so give us that help, Lord. Lord, give us that help that we need. Enable us, empower us through the spiritual disciplines and through your spirit. And also, Lord, through this meal which you prepare for us that shows forth the life and death of this one who came to save his people. Lord, take these common elements of bread and juice and wine and set them apart for your holy purposes. Lord, strengthen our faith as we feast upon Jesus. Here now again, we pray. Amen.